Books with Nudie. It's been so long since I was on. I'm kidding. <laughs> Only since Monday, one week. I bet it was a huge surprise to everyone to get my new episode. And to those who haven't yet, stay calm and just wait for it to be available everywhere, which hopefully it will be soon. I absolutely love my new podcast host. First of all, it's like, it's totally free. It's got best, like it's got better, um, excuse my dog down there. It's got better oh what's it called statistics it's got better stats i can check like what country you're listening from it's yeah it's crazy pants um so if you're looking for a good podcast host i definitely recommend anchor by spotify um this is an ad for them i'm just really impressed and thankful for finding them however if you do have a few minutes of your time write a review give us some stars tell someone about the podcast anything helps on with the podcast right So I said we'd be doing a few weeks of short stories from here and there, last week's came from the Grimm Brothers, and this week we're reading another one. I'd found a different story, but I didn't completely like it, so here we are. This one is called The Four Clever Brothers. It was first published in 1991, but there have been so many readings and um, different versions of it. So here's mine. Oh my word, I'm gonna have to do like six different accents for this one. No, wait more. Alright, who cares? I can hear you saying we should get started, so let's. We just oh, get comfortable here. Excuse me. There we go. Okay. Oh, and uh, there. Okay. Presenting The Four Clever Brothers by the Brothers Grimm. Dear children, said a poor man to his four sons, I have nothing to give you. You must go out into the wide world and try your luck. Begin by learning some craft or another, and see how you can get on. So the four brothers took their walking sticks in their hands, and their little bundles on their shoulders, and after bidding their father goodbye, went all out at the gate together. When they had got on some way, they came to four crossways, each leading to a different country. Then the eldest said, Here we must part, but this day four years we will come back to this spot, and in the meantime each must try what he can do for himself. So each brother went on his way, and as the eldest was hastening on, a man met him, and asked him where he was going, and what he wanted. "'I am going to try my luck in the world, and should like to begin by learning some art or trade,' answered he. "'Then,' said the man, "'go with me, and I will teach you to become the cunningest thief that ever was.' "'No,' said the other, "'that is not an honest calling, and what can one look to earn by it in the end but the gallows?' Oh, said the man, you need not fear the gallows, for I will teach only for I will only teach you to steal what will be fair game. I meddle with nothing but what no one else can get or care anything about, and where no one can find you out. So the young man agreed to follow his trade, and he soon showed himself so clever that nothing could escape him that he had once set his mind upon. The second brother also met a man who, when he found out what he was setting out upon, asked him what craft he meant to follow. "'I do not know yet,' said he. "'Then come with me and be a stargazer. It is a noble art, for nothing can be hidden from you when once you understand the stars.' The plan pleased him much, and he soon became such a skillful stargazer that when he had served out his time and wanted to leave his master, he gave him a glass and said, With this you can see all that is passing in the sky and on earth, and nothing can be hidden from you. The third brother met a huntsman, who took him with him, 
and taught him so well all that belonged to hunting that he came be that he became very clever in the craft of the woods, and when he left his master he gave him a bow, and said, Whatever you shoot at with this bow you will be sure to hit. The youngest brother likewise met a man who asked him what he wished to do. Would you not like, said he, to be a tailor? Oh no, said the young man, sitting cross-legged from morning to night, working backwards and forwards with a needle and goose will never suit me. Oh, answered the man, that is not my sort of tailoring. Come with me and you will learn quite another kind of craft from that. Not knowing what better to do, he came into the plan and learnt tailoring from the beginning. And when he left his master, he gave him a needle and said, You can sew anything with this, be it as soft as an egg or as hard as steel, and the joint will be so fine that no seam will be seen. After the space of four years, at the time agreed upon, the four brothers met at the four crossroads, and having welcomed each other, set off towards their father's home, where they told him all that had happened to them, and how each had learned some craft. Then one day, as they were sitting before the house under a very high tree, the father said, I should like to try what each of you can do in this way. So he looked up, and said to the second son, at the top of this tree, there is a chaffinch's nest. Tell me how many eggs there are in it. The stargazer took to his glass, looked up, and said, Five. No, said the father to the eldest son. Take away the eggs without letting the bird that is sitting upon them and hatching them know anything of what you are doing. So the cunning thief climbed up the tree and brought away to his father the five eggs from under the bird and it never saw or felt what he was doing, but kept sitting on at its ease. Then the father took the eggs and put one on each corner of the table and the fifth in the middle, and said to the huntsman, Cut all the eggs in two pieces at one shot. The huntsman took his bow and at one shot struck all the five eggs as his father wished. Now comes your turn, said he to the young tailor. Sew the eggs and the young birds in them together again, so neatly that the shot shall have done them no harm. Then the tailor took his needle and sewed the eggs as he was told, and when he had done, the thief was sent to take them back to the nest and put them under the bird without its knowing it. Then she went on sitting and hatched them, and in a few days they crawled out and had only a little red streak across their necks, where the tailor had sewn them together. "'Well done, sons,' said the old man. "'You have made good use of your time and learnt something worth a knowing, "'but I am sure I do not know which ought to have the prize. "'Oh, that a time might soon come for you to turn your skill to some account.' "'Not long after this, there was a great bustle in the country, "'for the king's daughter had been carried off by a mighty dragon, "'and the king mourned over his lost day and night, "'and made it known that whoever brought her back to him should have her for a wife.' Then the four brothers said to each other, Here is a chance for us. Let us try what we can do. And they agreed to see whether they could not set the princess free. I will soon find out where she is, however, said the stargazer, as he looked through his glass, and he soon cried out, I see her afar off, sitting upon a rock in the sea, and I can spy the dragon close by guarding her. Then he went to the king and asked for a ship for himself and his brothers, and they sailed together over the sea till they came to the right place. There they found the princess sitting, as the stargazer had said, on the rock, and the dragon was laying asleep with his head upon her lap. 
I dare not shoot at him, said the huntsman, for I should kill the beautiful young lady also. Then I will try my skill, said the thief, and went and stole her away from under the dragon, so quietly and gently that the beast did not know it, but went on snoring. Then away they hastened with her, full of joy in their boat towards the ship, but soon came the dragon roaring behind them through the air, for he awoke and missed the princess. But when he got over the boat and wanted to pounce upon them and carry off the princess, the huntsman took up his bow and shot him straight through the heart so that he fell down dead. They were still not safe, for he was such a great beast that in his fall he overset the boat, and they had to swim in the in the open sea upon a few planks. So the tailor took his needle and with a few large stitches put some of the planks together, and he sat down upon these and sailed about and gathered up all pieces of the boat, and then tacked them together so quickly that the boat was soon ready, and they then reached the ship and got home safe. When they had brought home the princess to her father, there was great rejoicing, and he said to the four brothers, One of you shall marry her, but you must settle amongst yourselves which it is to be. Then there arose a quarrel between them, and the stargazer said, If I had not found the princess out, all your skill would have been of no use, therefore she ought to be mine. Your seeing her would have been of no use, said the thief, if I had not taken her away from the dragon, therefore she ought to be mine. No, she is mine, said the huntsman, for if I had not killed the dragon, he would, after all, have torn you and the princess into pieces. And if I had not sewn the boat together again, said the tailor, you would all have been drowned, therefore she is mine. Then the king put in a word and said, Each of you is right, and as all cannot have the young lady, the best way is for neither of you to have her, for the truth is there is somebody she likes a great deal better. But to make up for your loss, I will give each of you, as a reward for his skill, half a kingdom. So the brothers agreed that this plan would be much better than either quarreling or marrying a lady who had no mind to have them. And the king then gave to each half a kingdom, as he had said, and they lived very happily for the rest of their days, and took good care of their father, and somebody took better care of the young lady than to let either the dragon or one of the craftsmen have her again. That was nice. That was a good story. What did you think of that? It was, um, it was like two pages long, which I think was very good. This is going to be a short podcast today. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, man. Oh. But that woke me right back up. It's jingle time. Let's find a jingle to read today. Um, but just give me a second because I left the book in my room, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go run and get it, okay? Real quick. Okay, I'm back. Let me see. Um I don't remember where it was. Okay, um, well, to make up for the short story, and seeing as this episode is currently only 12 minutes and 20 seconds long, I'm going to read you a long jingle, okay? This one is called The Rhyme of Triangular Tommy. Triangular Tommy, one morning in May, went out for a walk on the public highway. Just here, I will say, t'was a bright sunny day. And the sky it was blue and the grass it was green, the same sky and grass that you've all of you seen. 
and the birds in the trees sang their usual song, and Triangular Tommy went trudging along. But I can tell you, he cared not for the view. He did just what small boys of his age always do. He shouted scat at a wandering cat, and he picked a big daisy to stick in his hat. The clovers he topped and the toadstools he cropped, and sometimes he scuffled and sometimes he hopped. He took an old stick and poked at a worm, and merrily chuckled to see the thing squirm. When he chanced to look up, and in gorgeous array, Triangular Tilly was coming his way. Triangular Tom straightened up in a jiff, and put on his best manner exceedingly stiff. And as far as his angular shape would allow, Triangular Tom made a beautiful bow. Triangular Tilly went smiling by with a glance that was friendly, but just a bit shy. And Tom so admired her that after she passed, a backward look over his shoulder he cast. And he said, though I think many girls are but silly, I really admire that triangular Tilly. But soon all such thoughts were put out of his head, for who should come by but triangular Ted? The very boy Tom had been wishing to see. Hello, said triangular Tommy, said he. Hello, said Triangular Ted, and away, those two children scooted to frolic and play. And they had on the green, where twas all dry and clean, the best game of leapfrog that ever was seen. Triangular Tom beat down this way, you know, and Triangular Ted stood behind, beside him just so, when one, two, three, go, with great gusto, flew over Tom in a manner not slow. They played hide-and-seek, they played marbles and tag, they played they were soldiers and each waved a flag, till at last they confessed they wanted to rest, so they sat down and chatted with laughter and jest. When Schoolmaster Jones they suddenly spied, come clumping along with his pedagogue stride, as usual with manner quite preoccupied, with his hat on one side and his shoelace untied, a surly old fellow it can't be denied. And each wicked boy thought that he would enjoy an occasion the thoughtful old man to annoy and all of his wise calculations destroy. So they thought they'd employ a means known to each boy. And across the wide pavement they fastened a twine, exceedingly strong but exceedingly fine. And Triangular Tommy laughed out in his glee to think how upset the old master would be. Although very wicked, their mischievous scheme was a perfect success, and with a loud scream, a horrible clash, a thump and a smash, old schoolmaster Jones came down with a crash. His hat rolled away and his spectacles broke, and those dreadful boys thought it a howling good joke. And they just doubled up in immoderate glee, saying, look at the schoolmaster, tee-hee, tee-hee. Tom gave a guffaw, and Ted roared a ha-ha, but soon their diversion was turned into awe, for old schoolmaster Jones was angry, they saw. Triangular Ted turned swiftly and fled, and far down the street, like a reindeer, he sped, leaving Tommy to face the old gentleman's rage, who quickly jumped up, he was brisk for his age. And with just indignation portrayed on his face, to Triangular Tommy, he quickly gave chase. And hearing his squeals and his frantic appeals, Triangular Tommy fast took to his heels. Now Tommy was agile and Tommy was spry. He whizzed through the air, he just seemed to fly. He rushed madly on until dreadful to say, 
he came where the railroad was just in his way, and alas and alack, he tripped on the track, and then with a terrible sudden kerthwag, triangular Tommy sprawled flat on his back, and the train came along with a crash and a crack, a din and a clatter, a clang and a clack, a toot and a boom and a roar and a hiss, and chopped him all into pieces like this. If you cut out papers just like them, why then? If you try, you can put him together again. All right. That was nice. That was cool. I like that. So basically from what I gather is these two boys, naughty, naughty boys. They're not an example. They're not a good example. I mean, they're a bad example for any school children out there. Do not play jokes on your schoolmaster or your principal or any of your teachers because that will end bad like it did for Tommy he he went on the track of the railroad and the train the, the train ran him over and then if you where is it if you cut out papers just like them why then if you try you can put them together again so cut out some triangles and try to put Tommy together again Okay? <laughs> That'd be funny. So you've reached the end of today's episode. Come back next week to hear another story. And guys, send me emails with suggestions. I'm serious about this, okay? I'll see you all next week then. Big thanks to Epidemic Sound for the songs and sound we heard today. And to Authorama for today's story. We'll see you hopefully next week, people. And guys... Send me requests. Oh, with my new host, I can see where you're from, like country, like where I said before. And it really surprised me. I have a Romanian listener. That's awesome. Salutare simultumesc pentru ascultare. I hope I said that right. Halloween is coming, and what's better for Halloween than a spooky story?